0: Welcome to the Class X podcast, a podcast that looks at independent perspectives in American culture. I'm your host, Shukri. And I'm John. So John, we're, we're gonna look at remote work. Basically, um, who's coming back to work and why, and we're gonna look at you know two articles that discuss these issues. And we kind of went down a rabbit hole because of the first article. The first article was in the New York Times this week, and we kind of stumbled on it and started talking about it and it's uh, by Emma Goldberg the title is what remote work debate they've been back to the, at the office for a while so basically kind of questioning like what remote work debates actually going on right now because most people are back that article focused on the regional differences the second article that we looked at was from the atlantic and it was actually from last year, but it had some updated statistics. And that title is Another Truth About Remote Work by Elaine Godfrey. And that one was about who's actually going back to work. What are the percentages? And so John and I, we talk about both articles and reflect on our own experiences with remote work, which we've had that, right, John?
1: Yeah, yeah, as teachers, that was like a big thing. Pretty much it was like one of the first, I don't want to say one of the first, I don't know, um, but like from the time Rudy Gobert was hitting, you know, the guy for the Jazz, or formerly the Jazz, is hitting the microphones and infecting everybody on the Utah Jazz with, uh, with COVID, which I don't know if that's true or not either, uh, but he hit, you know, since the day that like they shut down the NBA, which to me was like, I think that was like pretty much like maybe the next week or so, I think it was like March 13th of, of uh, 2020, somewhere in that neighborhood where it was like, hey, school's like, hey, we're not going back next week. We don't know how long it's going to be and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so it was like, you know, as a teacher, like you, if you were teaching a couple of years ago, like you definitely had
0: some kind of experience with with remote work and, um, you know, and dealing with it. Yeah. And some issues that we bring up, by the way, you reminded me of that there was a Sacramento Kings game that was canceled. I think it may have been against the Utah Jazz, so I think that was like the only, the last relevant Kings game, uh, or the first in a long time. The last so. twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So that was that was memorable. And um, but with with this whole issue of you know going back to work, we talk about who's going back to work what our experience was with remote work, the pros and cons of it. And also, like, what's a legitimate reason for not going back? Because, spoiler, you know, most people are back at work. So that's kind of, you know, it's an important question to ask. Why should you stay home? All jobs are not equal. Some jobs you can do at home, some jobs you can't. So it's an interesting debate. And I think we do go into it with humility because we acknowledge we don't know your job, just like you probably don't know our job. But we we also can say that just because something is done remotely doesn't mean it's done correctly or at, at the highest level that it could be done because it's remote. So there's a lot of things going on in this in this discussion. And John and I, we do have a little bit of a disagreement. John, do you want to talk about that briefly before we jump into the podcast?
1: Um, yeah. I think that you kind of are more on the side of like, uh, hey man, wake up, put your pants on, uh get the sweatpants off and get your butt back into the office. And I'm more of the, uh, more of the persuasion of, you know, I don't know, like if, if your job, if you can do it, um, you know, if you can assemble your widgets or count your beans from home, uh, go ahead and uh, do it. I think that the word that you brought up that kind of like is the hinge kind of for me is the, the word should, you know? And I think that if, uh, you know, they, they do mention in one of the articles that people from bigger cities, you know, are more likely to be working remotely. And I kind of wonder if like, you know, what jobs those are and like, you know, how highly skilled those people are, how in demand their skills are. And if you have the leverage, you know, to kind of make it so that, hey, even if you should, you know, with air quotes, um, you know, go back to work or whatever, if you can, if you have that kind of leverage at your job where you can say, I'm not coming in, man, I'm wearing my basketball shorts and I'm going to do it from home,
0: then maybe, uh, the, for me, I have no problem with it. I agree with that. If you can, if if your employer is allowing you to, or if you have the leverage, I, th- I say more power to you. And I, so I, I do agree with that. Uh, but I think you'll, if you're interested in the topic of remote work, or if you've, wondered, you know, how many people are still working at home? I think this podcast will uh, interest you. So thanks for listening to the Classics Podcast. We appreciate all the new subscribers. We appreciate all the old subscribers who continue to listen. And uh, yeah, we hope you enjoy this podcast. So thanks for listening. We'll see you after the music. Welcome to the Class X podcast, a podcast that looks at independent perspectives in American culture. I'm your host Shukri, and I'm John. So John, we we did something a little different this week. We looked at two articles, and so that's what we're going to end up analyzing. And the topic is remote work, which I think a lot of people can identify with. So basically, who's going back to work and who's not. And that kind of led us down this rabbit hole of, you know, searching for who is back at work, who is not back at work. And I think it's a it's an interesting topic because so I'm sure a lot of our listeners are um, a combination because that's kind of how the country is. So what we're going to do today is basically look at articles, which we don't usually do, but I think it'll be kind of a cool thing uh, that discuss this topic of remote work. And then we'll give our, our perspective on it and on, on this uh, important issue. Sound good? Sounds good to me. All right, John. So bef- before we deep dive into this, what, what, what has been your experience with remote work as a teacher? Um, I think that's the key. I think it's as a
1: teacher because I think um, for me, my experience was pretty good as far as like the schedule was concerned, especially once I moved. I moved in the middle of the year uh, from California um, to Detroit. And so I went from Pacific time to Eastern time. So I was like logging in and teaching my class like starting at noon. And the way that our district set it up, it was really short. It was like an hour and 45 minutes. And that was it. So as far as like um, my actual schedule and um, that kind of stuff, like just for my life, uh, lifestyle, it was it was awesome. Um, But with our job, with teaching, and because it's such a like interactive experience, I just felt like it was ineffective. So it was kind of it bummed me out. I felt like what I was doing was not effective. And I felt like, you know, the kids weren't getting a good experience or, you know, definitely not what they would get in the classroom. So it was kind of a bummer in
0: that way. How about you? Yeah, I had a similar experience for you. Why do you think it was so ineffective?
1: Uh, Because it's just easy to tune out, you know, like, um, I don't know if you guys had staff meetings that were virtual. I mean, I would assume. And for me, like when the staff meetings were on, like I could not pay attention to that, you know, like uh, set aside like people having issues with, you know, because like it's administrators who weren't as they weren't using zoom or whatever every day so it was always like this like trying to catch up on the technology people like not unmuted and stuff and you're just like all right you know and then even when people like got the hang of it though it was still like hard to pay attention it was easy just to put it aside and do something with my kids or or make a snack or whatever you know and so i think it's just like really really hard to pay attention and i can't imagine trying to pay attention to that um at the time i was teaching sixth grade so, like, if you're an 11-year-old dude, like, what are you going to do? You're probably going to just turn it on, turn off your camera, and fire up the Xbox, you know, which I, I know, like, a lot of them are doing. So, I think it's just hard to, like, make yourself pay attention to, to like, a video call, especially when you're 11 years old. Yeah,
0: for me, my my his, history students who are 11th graders, they'll usually take me, or a, a portion of them will, will take me for psychology their 12th grade year. And so, when I saw them 12th grade year... The ones that had me the year before, they told me, oh, Mr. Rashid, uh, I wasn't paying attention (laughs) to you during your teaching. And it's like one of those things where I'm happy I didn't know because I'm sitting here lecturing them. And like you said, it wasn't wasn't effective, which is something I want to kind of go into during this podcast. You know, the difference between you could do a job remotely, but that doesn't mean you're going to do the job well. And it's not necessarily your fault why you're not doing the job well. It's just, you know, I just think that's an interesting topic because I see it written a lot. Like this job can be done remotely, but it depends on the job, really, you know, and I'm not really judgmental. Also, one yeah. thing I want to throw out there before we even talk about this, if you are working remotely and your 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 employer allows you to do that, more power to you. You know, I'm not judgmental of that. The, the things I'm going to be a little bit judgmental on are certain comments that I see because, Uh, I guess I'll go into that later. But for me, I I actually did like it initially because I could sleep in. And that was really cool. Like you said, the schedule was really nice. I have two jobs, teaching and delivering. And the delivery job was never remote. But teaching for one school year was remote. And I quickly realized, like you, that it was ineffective. Uh, I didn't like it. The student engagement was down. There was no relationships with the students. You just could not connect with students. Through Zoom, it just no matter how hard you tried, it was very difficult. Uh, so could could teaching take place remotely? Yeah, but was it good teaching? I don't think so. So you know, I bring it up because, like I said, that's a common thing, and I think that's going to be something that you hear a lot about in these articles. So John, uh, let's just jump into the article. The first one that motivated this discussion actually came out this week in the New York Times, and it was a an article that was that's titled. What remote work, de- what remote work debate? They've been back at the office for a while. So basically like, you know, is there really a debate uh, by Emma Goldberg? And it came out earlier in the week. And here's a quote that I think pretty much summarizes the main arguments of this of this article. And here, the quote is this, the headlines that I read about as far as people dragging their feet, going back to the office, are about select companies and select cities. So basically, this is about big city versus everyone else, specifically San Francisco and New York versus everyone else. Because like I'm in Napa, close to 100,000 people. She's even talking about people in Napa who are basically going back to work versus a place like San Francisco where individuals who work there or not. So that's that's the 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 main point of this article. When you read this, John, did you agree with that, the geographical thing and I mean I mean it's not it's hard to disagree with it, but what were your, your general thoughts? Um yeah, I mean I think you're just kind of limited to your perspective.
1: So for me, or for, you know, where you live and who you come into contact with and where I live, I live in the suburbs of Detroit. And so I only know Like my wife will work remotely from time to time, you know, maybe like a day a week at the most, you know, and just kind of like periodically. And um, a guy that I coach football with, like he works um, remotely for the most part, but he has kind of like a job where he has a team in Germany. And so like they, you know, he has like these weird like meetings where he has to meet up like really early. And so like he has a thing though I think where once a week he's supposed to go in, you know, so that's kind of like my only experience is just like the people I know. So for me to hear something about geographically, it's different in, in New York. Like, I don't know. I don't know anybody who lives in New York. And I don't, you know, make small talk with people on the streets of uh, the Bronx. So I don't know. I don't know what what's going on in other places. So I'll, I'll take their word for it.
0: Well, I was to me, I wasn't surprised because, you know, most people for me in my world are working. Uh, even, even here in California, it just seems like everyone's going back to work. Everyone I know. But I've also met people who are working uh, from home. Or who are doing the part-time thing, like you said, which actually sounds like a good idea. I mean, even with teaching, I don't think it would be that bad to teach for four days a week and do something remotely for one day a week. It, I, I can understand arguments like that. Um, but, you know, let me give you a summary because I guess for me, what really stood out was the passionate, and I think this is why I wanted to podcast with you on it. There is something really passionate about the reactions in the comment section, and it was pretty one-sided i i sent i sent over to you a few of these reactions but they were pretty much emphasizing the same stuff so i wanted to read off a few of the main points that were made by the very passionate side that clearly wants to stay home and is is doing remote work and so here's a list of of things and i want to you know kind of give my own little take on this but a lot a lot of comments and complaints about the commute Like, basically, like, I don't want to make this commute. This commute's, uh, you know, the commute's ridiculous. Why should I do that if I can work remotely? COVID concerns were mentioned. Childcare concerns were mentioned. And a lot of, uh, I mean, I didn't disagree with, like, how boring an office job could be or how boring a cubicle may be, but lots of comments about that. And uh, I just thought, you know, I can't really empathize with that because, I'm going back to work, I'm paying childcare. I'm sure a lot of people are as well. And um, that's just one thought that popped into my mind while during doing this. And actually it led me down that rabbit hole that we're gonna go down after we take a, a break in a little bit, which is the second article, which was, you know, the question, how many people are actually working remotely and how many people are not? Because the passion of this side was uh, I was I was actually fascinated by. it. I wasn't you ever do you know you, you click on a comments link, and you don't really always expect what you're going to read, you know? And so I think I was a little surprised by that. I don't know, John, you read some of those comments. Is it, I don't know, is it easier for you to empathize?
1: Yeah, I think it, I think it just depends on what job you do. Like if you're a computer programmer, and you know, you just need, I don't know what goes into being a computer programmer, but I'd assume a computer. And if you just can do that at home, um, I could see being like, what is the point to like driving, you know, like into a job just to do something that I could do from home just as easily. So I think it probably just depends. Like if I just look at it from just through my lens as a teacher, I think, oh, the, the you know, at being at work is way better, you know, for a bunch of different reasons, but it probably just depends on what job you do. You know, if you're doing something that's like, kind of like you're at your own pace, at your own speed, and you don't need to. Um, you know, constantly like interact with other people, then I, I could see how um, it would probably make sense to you just to do it from
0: home. Right, I, I agree with the, the job thing and I'm not gonna come out on anyone's job because I only know my own jobs, right? But I do think there's been this shift. For example, I just had uh, my alarm fixed at my house and I really needed someone to come in to, to, to help me with it. And the cable company was, that I also go through for my alarm They were trying to avoid the appointment so much. They sent me multiple texts where I actually had to click on it to confirm the appointment multiple times. And it just seemed like ridiculous because, you know, usually you get a text and the text will say, do you want to cancel? But I've noticed this, you know, there's a there's this need for companies to uh, almost just try to find ways to avoid coming in. So the guy came. My point of this story is the guy ends up coming finally, and he helped me a lot. And I really needed him to be there for, for that job. And actually while he was there, he helped me replace my remote, something I've been trying to do remotely for a long time and I couldn't get the right remote, but he had it in his van. I just think there's, you know, when you see people and you interact with them, it actually, it's very productive. You know, if we're looking at productivity of the economy, I think it, it actually is much more productive. And while I'm sure the job could have been done online and they were trying to do it remotely it wasn't as good or efficient and the customer service was not as good you know so i mean that i'm only bringing that up because it just happened to me but i've had like tons of experiences of like emails not getting responded to and you know what i mean like the person's clearly working remotely but the productivity just seems to be going down hmm
1: yeah i don't know i think it'd be interesting to see if uh You know, statistics back that up, you know, like if that if productivity really is going down, I mean, it would make sense to me if it was. um, But I also wouldn't wouldn't shock me if it if it's not as much as people think it would. But again, I, I think it really just depends on what the job is, you know. And that's one thing I noticed about the articles is that they they make the distinction between like white collar jobs, like the type of jobs that you would have the opportunity to do from home versus somebody who's in the service industry or doing something that that there's really no option you know, for like doing from home. They make that distinction, but they don't. They kind of lump all white collar jobs or whatever in together. And it's like, it really just probably depends on on what your, you know, what your job is.
0: True. That's a good point. I I, I agree. I agree. The job does matter. And I, I don't want to avoid that. Um, but I do want to take a quick break. And let's come back, John, and talk about that rabbit hole we went through. And we got into a second article, which basically goes into what the percentages are of people who are working from home versus people who are going back to work. I thought that article um, actually brought up some interesting points. So let's take a quick break. We'll see you in a few seconds after the music. Welcome back to the Class X podcast. So this article, John, the first one that we read from the New York Times, it kind of motivated me to look up stats on how many Americans are basically going back to work. And it wasn't easy to find, but I did stumble on an article titled Another Truth About Remote Work, and it's from The Atlantic by Elaine Godfrey. And the big point here is that by September of 2021, so this is about a year ago, only 13.4% of workers still worked from home. So I was actually surprised by this. I mean, when you hear that stat, John, does that like surprise you? Would you have expected it to be higher? Um, I don't know. Because
1: I think that if I was really trying to pin it down, I would start to think of like jobs that you can't do from home. Like you can't be a plumber from home or you can't, you know, like you mentioned like delivering unless you could fire up a drone or something. Like you're going to have to like hop in the car and go, um, so I don't know. I'd like to think that I would get, like, I wouldn't have said like 50%. Like, that's kind of dumb, you know? So I think I would have said something like, maybe not that low, but maybe, maybe in that neighborhood.
0: Yeah, I think I would have said like 30% or something like that, to, For honestly, or maybe even 35%. So to, for me, when I saw that, I, w- I was surprised. And that was, I clicked on the link, there was a link to um, government labor a statistics site. So there was a, there was a, you know, legit, this is a legitimate source. And I, I was surprised. Another point of the article was that there's a bias. And you kind of hinted at this, John, but people who are working remotely, they assume that most people are doing the same. And the number, the statistics vary 40 to 50 percent. They think that about half of the country is doing what they're doing, basically, which makes sense because having been motivated and inspired to do this podcast because of the comments page (laughs) in that article, I could see why they were so bold in saying things like, well, what about my childcare? What about my commute? What about my boring office? I think because they assume that everyone's experiencing the same thing, you know? And they're not. And that's the reality that, I mean, that was in September of 2021. So my guess is we're almost in September of 2022. It's probably in the 90% range now. how many people are are back to work. That's just my guess. Yeah,
1: I would think so. Yeah. Those comments are kind of funny to me. The people getting upset about the babysitting or the, you know, or the commute, like the stuff that was there before COVID, it seems weird to get mad at now. It's not like that's new. It's not like you have not experienced having to pay those, those bills or, or deal with that, you know, scenario with the commute. So it does seem kind of like a weak thing to, to kind of complain about.
0: Oh, yeah. And I guarantee you those people are also are still going on vacations and meeting with and going shopping and outlets and malls and, you know, doing what everyone's doing. So it's kind of. uh, Yeah, I think it's just I think, you know, this is my take on the whole thing. I want to know what you think. I, I just. I think this is a case of we all have had to make transitions during this time, transitions with the mask, transitions with um going to restaurants, transitions with all, you know, going back to the classroom, whatever. And I think for some people, it's been easier than for others. That's just how I look at it. And I I think that's the that's been the big struggle. But you know, we have the vaccine now. So at some point, and I think it's true for probably nine out of 10 Americans, it is expected to go back and, and, and work. And maybe your job, like like your wife, John, like maybe it gets adjusted slightly, where you stay, stay working from home for one day, But the idea that what we were doing during the height of COVID is gonna stay the same, that just seems ridiculous to me.
1: I think too, like I think whenever you get used to a convenience, it's really hard to like go back, you know? Like for example, like we tell we take like stuff with travel for granted to where like if you have a a flight that's delayed, you know, even if it's not delayed very long, you get upset or you get annoyed or like, oh man, really? Um, but you know, you tell somebody this is kind of like a dumb, like you know, kind of like straw man or whatever argument. But like you talk to like a guy on the Oregon Trail, like, hey, dude, you got an extra 20 minutes when their trip is however many months long. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like once you get used to having a convenience, it's really hard to really hard to go back or to or to give it up. That's a good
0: point. I I, I completely agree. I think we don't real we got we we started to live a really convenient life and. I think as teachers we can understand because we go on we have our vacation. I mean it's an unpaid vacation which I think people don't understand usually, but we're on a on a vacation for, you know, during the summer and it is always difficult to go back to work, right? Go back to the teaching schedule, get up at a certain time and it's I we experience that transition every year as teachers. But you do it because you have to. And I think that, you know, this is a new this is that transition that these office workers, I guess, for the most part, are not accustomed to making. And uh, I understand, I do understand that why it's difficult for them. It's just, I think it's part of being an adult, you know, it's part of being an adult. And it's kind of hard to also say like, well, you know, I have three kids, you have two, and our kids are going into the mix, you know, (laughs) They're, they're, they're going into society. And our kids are going in, you know, to classrooms and and they're doing it, you know. So I think everyone, everyone's kind of doing it now. So you can't really make uh, COVID arguments when we're sacrificing. Um, everyone's kind of sacrificing now. Um, so John, I guess in general, I, another another point with this before we we finish up with some final thoughts is that, and this is a point that the article brings up, we're, we're, we tend to be in bubbles. So. You know, the bubble you're in in Michigan, the bubble I'm in 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 California and where these bubbles tend to reinforce things. So if you are, and this is this article makes this point a few times, if you are in that bubble that is working remotely, you really don't realize that you are um, giving a minority opinion, you know, and experiencing something that's not the norm for others. So I thought that was kind of interesting because a lot of our wedge issues seem to be fought in these bubbles, you know? And I don't know how to resolve that. I don't think it's going to get resolved, but it is kind of like a common problem that we have, you know? Yeah. I think I think when I read
1: that, my, my knee-jerk kind of reaction was to it was it felt like they were kind of getting at that these people are aloof, you know, like somebody who has like a job that's like, you know, able to like work from home. It's probably going to be something that – you're making more money at is probably something that you have like a higher level of education for um, and that it kind of seemed like it was kind of slanted towards like these people are aloof you know which and i think that i mentioned in a text when we were like getting ready for the podcast that i do think that that bubble thing though kind of extends to other areas too where there are people who are on the opposite end of the spectrum um who are in a bubble too you know like i think that the example i used was like talking about the economy thinking that, like, if you, like, some people I know, you know, or whatever, like, if talking to them, you'd think that unemployment was, like, 50%, you know, because, like, oh, nobody wants to work anymore, and they complain about that all the time, and they reinforce each other, and they say, that's right, man, I know, look at all those help wanted signs, and it's, like, well, you know, statistics are out, you can really look up the unemployment rate and see it's not that bad, it's actually, like, really good, so I think that, like, I don't know, I think that one thing that kind of makes you kind of push back on this article, or not push back on it, but it just seems like it's getting at, oh, look, if, if you think this, you're aloof or whatever.
0: But I mean, like, you can be in a
1: bubble, you
0: know, being a blue collar guy, too. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with that. I think there, there's there's two two big, two bubbles, the right and the left. And that's the problem, right? The problem is that these bubbles tend to play off of each other. And there's a lack of nuance in these conversations. And that's that's a big, big issue, that I think a lot of, I, I think the most most Americans don't agree. They just sort of live their lives. And that's one of the things I say on this podcast a lot. And I know you agree. It's just most of us just live our lives and don't get involved in the bubble. But these bubbles are very strong and they tend to have strong opinions on things for sure. I thought it was interesting that the, the writer of this article, though, had that self-reflection or self-awareness, I guess, where she talked about how she's written articles about... Uh, zoom zoom fatigue and or she's talked about zoom fatigue and how she realized i guess at some point that she was she was writing for the atlantic actually this reminded me of you john because i remember you mentioning this on one of our podcasts she was writing for the atlantic readership in a sense and not for the average american and i know you've made a similar comment before and that is something to be aware of and i'm happy she's aware of that that there is a people who are reading your magazine are not necessarily even close to the majority of Americans and they're not experienced. They're like, they're not, they don't know what zoom fatigue you're talking about, you know, or, or which ergonomic chair that you need to get because of, because of back pain, cause you're on zoom. Right. So I, I thought that that was actually kind of cool that she did that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's definitely something that, you know you have to take it like if you're look if you're reading stuff and you're thinking man i see all these articles about this but that's not the majority experience well they're they're not writing for you know like everybody they're writing for who who's gonna who's picking up their magazine
0: true that's true and it's uh, it's interesting because you know yeah there is the class distinction is reflected in what the magazine is writing about what issues arise yeah. um what they think is significant and I think that's always interesting because the average American may not and probably does not care about that issue. So it's kind of it's always interesting to kind of figure that out. Any final thoughts, John, on this topic of uh, you know in general remote work uh, after reading these two articles? Any like take last takeaways that you want to share? Man, I feel like I always kind of burn these up like
1: during the uh, during the actual main main meat of the podcast. Um, Not really. I just think that, I think that I've noticed that you and I have a different kind of like view on it. I think that you're more, um, more like, Hey, get back to work, man. And, um, that's kind of overgeneralizing it or whatever. But, and I think I'm more like on the, I kind of pull against that, but that kind of comes from our experiences. I think that we've talked about, uh, off the hot mic, um, that, you know, for me, I don't want to bring up just because of like, you know, employment purposes, I don't want to start, Uh, but yeah, I think it it just kind of depends on your experience with it. You know, like if, uh, you know, when it comes to the topic of like getting back to work, like if you feel like very strongly about it, it probably just depends on, you know, one, what job you do, you know, like specifically what your job is, whether or not it makes sense for you to like go back to work or whatever. And two, you know, like what you kind of went through,
0: like with the pandemic, you know, like, and kind of the experiences you had. I totally agree. That's you know well said. The, your experience is key to all of this, and I think my feelings are that you know if you can stay home, that's great. But I really, I guess, I push back on that idea that because I've seen this written so many times, just because a job can be done remotely doesn't mean it can be done well remotely. You know, and I, I push back on that idea because sometimes you know we've experienced that in teaching so many times. There's a new technology. Oh you should use this technology not necessarily or maybe you should just use it for 2% of your job. You know just because Zoom is around doesn't mean it's like uh you know the best thing since chocolate cake, you know it's it's not, you know and that's something that that we 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 have to kind of acknowledge. Technology does not mean that it's just you know we have to change our jobs and I have a problem with that. And so but again, you know, I also to me what triggered me with the were the comments as a father, three kids, jobs, bills, everyone has to do that. It's part of being an adult. If you're going to be listing off your responsibilities and saying, I don't like commuting, come on, you know? But if you're going to say, honestly, if you're going to say, hey, I have an option to work from home and I'm going to take it, man, because that's kind of cool. I respect that. I respect that. But you can't, sit here and read off, you know list off um responsibilities and expect the ninety yeah, percent of Americans sure. who don't who who can't do that, who probably are you know making less money based on the statistics on you know who's staying home, you can't expect yeah, those uh, I people to forgot. empathize. What I was gonna say is you know? that, so that, that's listing off responsibilities.
1: I'm it's a very slippery slope. Were you gonna say John? Like, oh and I gotta put on pants. You know
0: and I think
1: I think yeah. I, so <laughs> It's like you're getting to where it's like, all right, yeah, you have to participate in life. Um, there's something else I'm going to say, but I already forgot.
0: Well, I think that's a, that's a significant thing because a lot of you know we want to we want to chill in our sweatpants all day, right? So that's kind of a, I don't I don't want to have the dress shirt and the the loafers on. You just kind of hang out in my sweatpants. Yeah, <laughs> that's and, a good and point. Kind of like
1: once you get used to like a certain. So like, um, there was a time where I coached uh, baseball and softball. And I kind of like got away with wearing my baseball hat, you know, like at, at school because I was going straight to baseball afterwards. And so, but then like after I quit coaching baseball, I kept wearing the hat, you know, and like, I got to like a thing where I was wearing just like baseball hats, like literally every day, like at work, I was wearing like, uh, kind of like jogger like golf shorts where it was like there's not even like a belt dude it's just like a like a waistband you know and i kind of got away with it a little bit because i was in like a small district and like you know your buddies with like your principal and stuff it's like who's gonna say something and uh so yeah it's hard uh yeah it's hard once you get used to living a certain lifestyle to like you know reel it back in
0: yeah let's leave it at that because i think that's a that's a really good point and uh self-awareness from from john on this one um so uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the Class X podcast. We appreciate all the new subscribers. Hopefully, you're sharing it with a friend because I think if you like it, I mean, just you know, when I like a podcast, I share it with John, and because uh, we like similar things. So, if you like our podcast, please share it with a friend. And uh, yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Class X podcast. <laughs>